Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I says, why do all the pubs have carpets? Oh, that's weird. All the <laughs> pubs have got carpets? This week, Celtic remain on top with a win over Hibs meaning full points since the winter break. St Johnston are not clean out the cup as we progress to the quarters and Valencia are on the horizon. All this and more on this episode of 20 Minute Hymns. Hello and welcome to episode 168 of 20 Minute Tims. I am joined by Martin the Bad Guy Melly. Hello. And Stephen the Bad Guy Arbuckle. <laughs> Same nickname, yes. Yeah, hello. That's a, that's, a, that's a mouthful, the Bad Guy Arbuckle. <laughs> that's a mouthful. How are we doing this afternoon, lads? Getting there, getting there. Uh, still a little bit tired from the weekend, I have to say. I'm a, I'm not, I am not cut out for this anymore. <laughs> no. I, I can't remember the last time I was up drinking until three or four in the mm. morning. Um, and if the listeners are wondering what we're talking about, and they will be wondering what we're talking about, we were down in Newcastle this weekend supporting yep. our sponsored fighter, Chris Bungard, podcast pal of ours. Yeah, he is indeed. Um, what, a, what a night. Uh, yeah. I've no celebrated that since we panenkaed the Huns in the cup. That <laughs> I know, was outrageous. Genuinely, um, we, we talked a little bit about it last week. We were we announced that we were sponsoring Chris Bungard, who a lot of Celtic fans will know from having done the halftime draw at Celtic Park recently and having been on this podcast in, uh, I think, November or so. And we just, we just kinda, one thing led to another. I kept in touch and we decided to sponsor him for this fight. So we went down to watch it and he was a 5-1 to one underdog yep. against this guy who looks like a... Like a like a Bond henchman or something. It looks terrifying... like an extra, a bad guy extra from Under Siege 3. Yeah, <laughs> so a terrifying looking guy called Terry Brazier, who was a multiple time champion, ranked number one in Europe. Chris was a huge underdog. And he went in and finished, pulled his head off. Yeah, pulled his head clean off. Finished him in the first round. And you say about celebrating, I've legitimately not celebrated something like that since Tom Rogic's goal in the, in the, <laughs> the Scottish Cup final, the, the Invincible season. It was wild celebrations and it was just what just brilliant. delighted for the guy i, I couldn't, couldn't be happier for, for the guy the guy's got it all going on you, you saw for anyone who hasn't seen his pre and post fight interviews absolutely oh, different classes oh I, he just he knows what he's doing world at his feet and I, I couldn't be happier for the guy but it was it sparked wild celebrations then we bumped into him shortly after he kind of made his way through the crowd had a wee chat with him and i, I think we were more amped up than he was he was like didn't break sweat guys um <laughs> 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 Other other business, suppose we better get to the housekeeping Patreon. Mm, yeah. Um, 
pretty pretty good on the Patreon this month. We have started the O'Neill years, something that I was looking forward to getting out. Yes, yeah, that's going over quite well so far. We've had a lot of nice feedback about that and Melee at the Match, both of which have started in the last the last few weeks. So what was that think- second one you mentioned there? Melly at the match. Oh, that explains why he's sitting here in sunglasses and a robe. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's been very popular indeed. Yeah. All right, all right, podcast and superstar, Matt. You're going to get too big for this podcast soon, aren't you? Your fault, I missed it doing it yesterday, you two years. I know, Sleeping we, we, sleepy in, guys. I know, yeah. hungover driving back from Newcastle. Have you been enjoying the Melly at the match? Yes, love it, love it. I'm at the game anyway, so get to put my thoughts out and repeat myself here. And uh, we don't get to talk over you already? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's all you. Um, I, I've been a, a recurring, a, a sort of a recurring cast member on it, I would say. I'm not, I'm not allowed, because as I am everyone's third favourite member of this podcast, <laughs> I'm not allowed on melee at the match. Third's pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most recent of which was a Celtic's 2-0 win over Hibs on Wednesday night. Enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, we, t- we went to that, we recorded said Melee at the Match episode and recorded a wee bit before it and I'd, I kind of talked Hibs up a wee bit because I thought right, they have good attacking players, they always cause Celtic problems, they have attacking players who raise their game fairly consistently against Celtic, you've got Ollie Shaw, whether it's Slivka or Gamberi or Jamie McLaren who's since gone, but yeah. all these players cause Celtic problems I don't, I don't know what they're like against anyone else but they've, they've all got a fairly decent record against Celtic you add into the mix guys like Stephen Mallon who's joined them not so long ago and the oft-hyped Ryan Gold and that's that's a decent test for any defence in this country especially with a, a makeshift Celtic defence that we've been putting together stringing together for mm-hmm. the last few weeks but yet still keeping clean sheets but I have to say bitterly disappointed with how Hibs played not disappointed, obviously. I didn't want Hibs to, to play well. Sounds like just, you want to. <laughs> yeah, I just, I've, I've said Do you before. Have a kitten on me? <laughs> I've said before in the podcast that I always enjoy Celtic Hibs games because they do offer something of a challenge. And I thought this again with the, I don't want to say easy, but it's been fairly straightforward since Celtic came back from the winter break. They like to see Hamilton Ackies and Airdrie and all that kind of thing, right? But this, this was a real possible challenge, but Hibs were just completely impotent, uh, going forward. Ryan Gold was wee guide all night by Scott yeah. Brown. And I barely noticed, right? Ro- barely noticed Ryan Gold. No, no, barely. barely noticed him. Took me a, a while to notice he was playing. I yeah. him and a couple of boys that just came to Hibs in the transfer window. I yeah. hadn't really seen of Ryan Gold came in. I, f- I don't know if it was the strip that was unflattering, but a lot of them looked overweight to like me. Chunky, hi, yeah, yeah. Beefy yeah. Hibs. Uh, more, more, than, more than one of them looked like that. I think Lenny's been letting them have the Coca-Colas. Yeah. Remember said that? <laughs> the name of that. You've got yeah. Eddie May in now. <laughs> but Celtic just turned up professional job again. Boy yeah. comes back in, strolled it in the 70 minutes he was on. Get get the goal, first half, and it's plain sailing from that. It was uh, the first start for Jeremy Torgen. How do you like that Eddie Vedder? Was that excellent? Yeah. Was it pretty close? Uh, oh, pretty it close. was as if he was actually here in the room. Hey, what did you make of his first start? Yeah, very good. Um, he looks to me, he looks like that ideal attacking force that we've been after for that right hand side. As Melly and I said on on the podcast for the game, I wouldn't say not convinced, but yet to see what he's made of defensively. Yeah, and and that feeds into what I was saying about Hibs just offering nothing. It wasn't the test that I was expecting. It reminds me a little bit of. The Gangboa conundrum when he signed because mm. he goes. When Gamboa signed, I remember saying at the time, uh, I don't know about this because if he's not getting a game at West Brom, there's a fair chance he can't defend. Yeah. Now, Toljan looks great going forward, and I'm not. I'm not going to say he's as 
He's as poor a defender as Gamboa. That that remains to be seen, but caught out one or two times. But the thing is, he's he's barely played. He's just in the door, but it remains to be seen with the guy. Melly, Toljan, the best fullback since uh, Jean-Jo Perry Dumbe. <laughs> <laughs> it was good going forward. Great. It was him that uh, played it in at Christie for the goal. The only thing I said I worried about was when he's forward, he's fast going forward. Mm. He's not that fast going back. I don't know whether that's a fitness issue because he hasn't played a lot of football. He looked a lot better against St. Johnson. But he just, I felt he didn't get him back into position quickly enough after he'd been in, so it left a bit of space. And as we know, teams will exploit that. The better teams will go Valencia in that. But he did well going forward. Good ball inside for Christie. Good finish from Christie again. Guys, any double figures for the... Yeah, the, what three months he's been mm. playing? Three, four months, absolutely brilliant from right-footed finish as well. Three or four in the last five games or so, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't think Christie had his greatest game in this run he's had. I thought he was a little bit slack in the first half at times. But what you need to remember is he's still Ryan Christie. I think it, it shows just how much, how far he's come in Celtic, and, we're, and that we're looking to him to have like the perfect performance every time. But he was, I thought he and Burke were a little bit. A little bit off it in the first half. Now these are minor complaints because it was a, it was an easy night, but some of t- Burke's touches in the first half were a, a little bit ropey. Speaking of things I said last week, though, do you remember that I said? Um, <laughs> I I'll, remember this from the group chat. <laughs> I'll be keeping an eye on a certain injury update from Mikael Lustig. Certainly do. Oh, but look who it is on the bench. Imagine my shock when Mikael Lustig, after getting an Achilles injury, turns up the very next game. A remarkable recovery. Uh, <laughs> There's a couple of changes. Weir came in on the right-hand side because Forrest was obviously injured. It's not Weir, mate. I'm sorry, I'll need to correct you. I've, let me just check the Packy Bonner Dictionary of Celtic Pronunciations. <laughs> I'll skip all the way to W here. It's Way. W-A-Y. <laughs> That's how you pronounce that one. Yeah, in Toyland. And, oh, yeah, we need to get Toyland. Let me just skip back to T. It's... T-O-Y-L-A-N-D Toyland and Way and that's in beside Edward oh, okay. <laughs> he, he'd, he, he played out in the right it was interesting to see him not being played through the centre Buck I thought maybe Buck would go out the right hand side either or, yeah. Weir, but the freedom interchanged quite well but just having Weir and Toyland down that side the pace absolutely f- frightened Hibs to yeah. death Hibs went with two up front they played a diamond and left two up front which meant it was Different this time instead of a right back tucking in. Izagiri tucked in a lot and left the three back. So we didn't get that much going down the left hand side, which meant Sinclair didn't get a lot of the ball. I'm glad you even noticed what formation Hibs were playing, to be perfectly honest. It was hard to tell. They were just brutal. <laughs> On Hibs though, their fans their fans are assholes. <laughs> Why? I, I was over next to them. I wasn't. I wasn't in Melly's section this time. I was over next to them in the family section, and just just the the bile that, that good old Scottish How, football words. Let bile. me ask you. Let me ask you a question though. Is you don't regularly sit beside the away fans? No, no. So maybe all away fans are like yeah. That, that could be true. I mean, you 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 throwing the Celtic hashtag Celtic Hibs family under the bus? Yeah, yeah. yeah you can ram that all that love <laughs> in with, with Hibs. They just they chanted pedo all night, and a couple of them get thrown out for it. A couple of wee widows. They must have turned up having just watched Green Street or something oh, like that, and get you know, carried sake. away. But um, yeah, I was over in, over in the family section for a bit, which is ironic given the the pattern we were getting off the Hibs fans. There's been a lot of talk, Melly, uh, especially this week. Brendan Rodgers has come out and said we can't afford them, but it still doesn't seem to stop any talk of Burke staying beyond this summer. Um, one, do you think Celtic should shell out and buy him? Do you think we could afford him? And two, is he the sort of player you want to see in the hoops? Yes and yes. You I love so? him. I think he's brilliant. He yeah. is my guy. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> I really like him. I think he's got, he's got everything there. 
the potential. He's tailor-made for the Scottish game, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he's got the physicality, he's pace. We've seen it more in the St. Johnson game rather than the Hibs game. But he's, he's scoring goals now, he's setting up goals, he's link-up play. I think he's got everything and he can be improved upon with games. If he goes back to West Brom, which in all likelihood he will, it doesn't look like we can afford them. But just ask the question. Hmm. Just ask the question. You always see those guys with the dynamite bird and go, how did he get back? Well, for a start, mate, he asked her. So, <laughs> there you go. So ask the question, right? Some dating advice there from yeah. Melly. If you're listening to this and you're single, you want a dynamite bird, just ask her. <laughs> just ask her out. If she says no, you're still in the same position. You've still got Mikael Lustig. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, Ollie Buck. Oh yeah, 100%. Snap them up right now. I know there are a lot of difficulties in this because of finances and so on, but I think for all parties concerned, it would be a great move. No difficulty with finances. You've not been reading the, don't know we're reading the paper today? No. No, no. Celtic we need to rags. the rags, uh, mate. Uh, with Celtic uh, apparently bid £8.8 million for Castagna. I did see that actually, yeah. And they, and they didn't get them. Interest in that. Well, is it true? Uh, who knows I can't tell you but, but just on Burke I've, I've heard the thing about his, his wages are due to go up if um, the yeah. West Brom are promoted right so right that is that is a factor as is the transfer fee most likely but I think do West Brom need him I don't know they, well that's they, the conundrum isn't yeah. it because if West Brom go up without him then yeah. presumably they don't need or want him mm-hmm. so if his wages go up they go up but he's not playing any football so that's from West Brom's point of view Might suit them to to offload. How much do you get for getting in the Premiership now? Is it one billion pounds? Ten billion pounds, I believe. A squillion dollars? A billion per point after you go up, I think. From Burke's point of view, it would definitely be a good move because the guy needs to start somewhere that Mm -hmm. that he's going to kick on. He's had the big moves, he's had the big money moves, and nothing's worked out for him so far. And he appears to be happy at Celtic already. So it looks perfect from that point of view as well, and specifically for Celtics. So all three cases, it's a it's a no brainer for me if the finances can be can be overcome. If he was called Olivier Buck, we'd be snapping them up right now. Olivier Buck, <laughs> but he's done everything we, and more we could have yeah. asked of him. I didn't know where he was going to play. I thought he maybe play back up to Forest or mm. play out in the left of Sinclair, but playing through the middle, he's got everything in there. He's got that burst of pace to get away. We've seen it in. The Hibs game always well, he burst through and put the shot straight at the keeper and then he eventually scores, he gets a bit of luck but he's scoring goals, linking up play, setting up goals and look at Scott Sinclair since he came in as well, so he's lifted everybody's game. Scott Brown, you were talking about the the Hibs formation, he certainly made the most of it, absolutely strolled it, Um, I I don't know if it's maybe the winter break, something certainly freed him up because last couple of games St. Johnson as well but he absolutely ran the show against Hibs he did he was brilliant ever since he's came back and basically mm. it just it seems game after game he's just getting that wee bit better every time someone thinks there's nothing left in Scott Brown and we're all guilty of it he yeah. seems to pull yeah. out these performances it was superb that night man of the match I think it was and it fully was, deserved Callum McGregor ran him close Callum McGregor was excellent as well the whole midfield was the um, midfield three of the three that have started every game since we came back that's right yeah so. how do you think there's been a lot of talk again it seems week on week a lot of talk about referees um, there was the Burke incident the Brown incident Jozo mm, yeah. um, with a heavy tackle and also Azagiri who ended up getting stretched off as a result of his tackle any any particular gripes as far as the referee went Melly? Mm, I could see why he didn't give the Burke one I thought it was a penalty it was maybe that extra step he took in was maybe why Scott Brown possibly lucky that the tackle he didn't get any further punishment for that by the ref but the ref seen it 
Jojo one, I thought it was a kind of accident. He was down helping the guy straight away. He didn't even look at yeah, the game. Yeah. And Jojo didn't get cited for that, incidentally. No. no. And he had, towards the end, he had a, a head height challenge on someone else as well. I, I don't think anything happened about that. But it was just one of those things. Where we talked what a little, does, don't it? I know, silliness. We, we talked a little bit about this last week with the, the incident on Edward. Um, the, the challenge on him that may or may not have been a penalty slash sending off um, against St. Johnson again. But sometimes it just happens. I think sometimes this kind of thing just happens in football. I don't think Simunovic meant it. I think he just went for the ball and a header that happened to be there. Jules has done well since yeah, coming back yeah, into has, the yeah. fold. Mm-hmm. Since coming back in. No, oh, I listen to him. Jules done well. Keep my eye out. <laughs> no, he has. He has. He's come back in and he's... He's looked good, looked good defensively, and he started to carry the ball out a lot yep. more as well and looked quite comfortable with it. He did it a couple of times against St. Johnson before going off for Ayer. Um So it's, it's obviously something he's taken on board as something he's going to have to add to the game. The, the Rangers fans at the moment are apoplectic, unlike them. Un, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unlike, unlike them to Rangers be angry. Still measured. I know, you know, it's unlike them to be angry. Um, the team that has had, Melly, how many penalties? One, one every 30 minutes in the last... Is that a couple of games, <laughs> yeah. So they're they're averaging at the moment a penalty every half hour. Well, they're convinced. They're convinced referees are against them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and four lads had a dream. I think that's a Rangers blog. They've they've went all the way back to two thousand and nine, and they've pulled off the stats. And this is amazing. This isn't a really amazing stats. They've pulled off the stats to how many times the compliance officer has been cited for Rangers, and it's nine. What right. what Rangers, but. Yeah, well, both Rangers is... Right, is that total? Yeah. Right. Do you know how many times Celtic have been cited by the compliance officer? Zero. Oh, wow. Well, and do you know what that tells you? It tells no. you the match day referees are letting Rangers away with absolute yeah. murder <laughs> and all these events are being picked up after the fact. Exactly. And there's so many things wrong with that ridiculous stat. But that's 10 years ago. So the players are different, the referees are different and the club is different. So, <laughs> but one thing remains the same. Referees are not punishing Rangers yeah, on the match that, day. Yeah, that's the only thing that remains. So thanks for shooting yourself in the foot with that one, lads. <laughs> so it was good to see Celtic take full points between in the league coming back from the January window. Before that's they, what you asked for, wasn't that it? That is exactly what I asked for. It's not often Celtic give me what I asked for. And another one, um, for the referees whilst we're on the topic is a ge- what was it that was that boy's debut Daniel Johnson, Johnson I think Daniel it was, yeah. Johnson yeah big, 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 big old lad yeah. big old lump um, he did put all of that weight right through his agiri by the looks of it yeah I think Brendan Rodgers said after the game that it was clumsy and I, I kind of agree with that I think he was desperate to impress yeah, it was his debut wasn't I, it I don't think it was malicious at all I think it was clumsy and his agiri went in hard as well hard but fair but the guy just kind of followed through a little bit. I didn't have a huge problem with it at the time, but looking back on it, it's a little bit... Again, I don't think it's malicious. I, I just think it was just a little bit poor, a little bit late. But Izagiri going off, the biggest... Dis- no, I was going to say the biggest disappointment. That's a little bit unfair in Izagiri. But at that point, we're all gearing up for the arrival of Vakun Bayo, who so was... Yes, yes. yes so, <laughs> so he was stripped and ready to walk on the pitch seconds before Izagiri had to go off. Subs. Johnny Hayes come on from and John. We'll talk about about Johnny Hayes in the St Johnson game, but the usual calamitous start for Johnny Hayes. He came on at left back and within about a minute and a half had given the ball away three times, and I'm just like, oh, oh, Hazy. <laughs> do you know who Darnell's godfather is? He's got a, a godfather of quite some stature. Yeah, no, I, I do not. I'll give you a clue. One of his middle names is Ivanhoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Emil William Ivanhoe Heskey. It's oh, his really? godfather. Yeah. Aye, aye. Oh, I should have known that from Ivanhoe. That's how many right. Ivanhoes? <laughs> how many Ivanhoes have played football? I Johnny Hayes came on at left back. He was a bit clumsy, as you mm. say. 
that being said, I thought he'd done okay in the St. Johnson game. I thought he was yes. really good, actually, yeah. I worried that one of the first things he was involved in in the St. Johnson game was a little passage of play between himself, Bain, and Boyata, I think, maybe, or possibly Sumunovic, where they played their way in quite nicely at a defence. We triangles. Bain was pretty much on the goal line, played around a little bit, and then Hayes took someone on, and it got taken off him. He got kind of bundled off the ball, and St. Johnson got a chance from it, and Scott Bain pulled off a nice save, and I just thought, oh, this, this is going to be the same old story for Johnny Hayes. But in fairness, I think he played really well. and I was, Especially in the set, more so in the second half. Yes, and I, I'm, I was delighted for him, because I think we've all been willing him to do well for ages, really. And, and particularly his assist for... Forrest, where he brought the ball basically from his own half, yeah. was excellent. Yeah, so he worked tirelessly. He got forward quite a bit and defended pretty well. So I don't think we can ask much more of him in that unfamiliar position. Seeing St. Johnson away, Melly breaking breaking a, a previous record here by Rangers, I think. Another five in the cup there against St. Johnson, Melly. A record in the cup is pretty spectacular. Sure is. You said on the way to the game, as we're driving back, you had a wee bit of a worry, didn't you? I, I, well, for a, a split mm. second, I don't know why. But... 24 games under Brendan Rodgers in cup competitions. 24 yes. wins. <laughs> 74 goals scored. It's okay. 7 conceded. Not good enough. <laughs> trophies won. 5. I know what you meant about the St. Johnson game being a, a slight worry because, in fairness to them, I gave them credit recently for... I, th- I think the way I put it was they were a tough nut to crack it. And in both of the previous recent games against St. Johnson, they've... They've made it difficult and it was goalless in the first half of both games with Celtic eventually coming out on top. No such worries, no such issues in this game at all. It was minutes in, two and a half minutes, I think, before Sinclair scored. But Who scored? <laughs> Sinclair scored. <laughs> Congratulations again, Melly. Yes. But I think if you tasked any team in Scotland with that, having to play Celtic in this form three times in four weeks or whatever it was, you would see much the same thing. Two yeah. maybe quite tough games and then a complete obliteration at the end of it. Especially the way, I mean, Celtic were 2-0 up within how long? Nine minutes or yeah. so? Yep. To Sinclair, again, good play from Buck again, put the ball across into the area. Sinclair gets in that place you want him to be, just inside the six-yard box. Keeper maybe could have done a bit better for that. Number. Who has been excellent as yeah. well in the previous games. Again, Sinclair's been sensational at the moment. Let's not pass this yeah, up. No, Let us not goals pass it. in 11 games. Un- absolutely unbelievable for Scott Sinclair. Um, Aguero style here. Banging on a hat trick. Humble pie taste. I, now, you know, I don't want to take credit for that. You for, shouldn't for because Sinclair's you form. sold him in the summer. No, I don't want to take credit for Sinclair's form, but I did DM him a couple of months ago on Instagram. <laughs> I've got previous, I did. This is just a wee pep talk. Just yeah. de- I was pushed one night and I just DM'd him a wee pep. For real, I just said, stick in. You coach Carter him. I just, I, just, I just told him, I just told him, stick in, it'll come. Yeah. And, it, and it came. Keep plugging away. Shut so, up, my man. And I think, I think I was expecting, you know, when he took that hat trick ball home, he would say, well, do you know what? Actually, I've turned my game around. I, I logged in my Instagram. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, he has, he's been absolutely sensational for him. We need to recognise that, Melly. He has. Never doubted it. He's been good. And it obviously helps the competition he's got now. The better players coming in, that rising quality has helped the whole team push on, hasn't it? And it's getting to the point where even Scott Brown's scoring nowadays. We're getting goals from everywhere. <laughs> the Sinclair thing, though, I said that a couple of weeks ago, that it's, it's undeniable now. The guy is absolutely banging the goals in. You, we can't keep throwing back to the, ah, but he's not as good as the first season. It doesn't matter. The guy's still scoring goals. He's Celtic's top scorer again. Um, 
His goal, his first goal in this game was actually very similar to Paul Pogba's goal at the weekend. It was kind of a similar position with a left peg, kind of in, in kind of inside the keeper. It was great, great angle. To score yeah, impressively there. taken. Yeah, he said he's got his confidence back in the an interview. Looks read, it, yeah. and that, that's all the guy was lacking. Ah, he's a big we, confidence player. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. You can tell when the the old shoulders start drooping a wee bit when Sinclair's off form, but there's no doubt about it. Now he's he's banging them in. If he scores thirty goals or something ridiculous this season, then Serious contender for player of the year. You thought 20 was ridiculous. Yeah, I did it? think 20 was ridiculous, yeah. It's yeah. unusual that his, his league form is not as actually as sharp as anyone else's in the team. You know, he's behind Forrest and Christie and even Eduard. He's got a goal every 200 minutes. Right. Which is the highest out of our top goal scorers in the league, but in all competitions. See. Just incidentally, whilst we're on it. Do you know who's got the best scoring record in the league for min- per minutes per goal? Cosgrove. Sam Cosgrove. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 13 goals that boy scored ace aye uh, a couple of the weekend there oh well that was in the cup of course aye that was in the cup that was in the cup Melly you mentioned it Scott Brown he uh, when was the last time Scott Brown scored I know it was almost two years to the day it was against Inverness Cali Thistle on the 11th of February 2017 actually a very similar goal well it was a lot closer in but you might remember it was it kind of came to him and he just rattled it into that very same top corner from maybe about 12-13 yards out um, but this this was a lot further out. It was an absolute cracker. Unexpected. I think he joked about it after the game that he often hears the Sebo chant after he shoots. <laughs> yeah. And even, it, he's not known for his shooting, but I think even in the last five or six weeks, his shooting has been extra deplorable. Yeah, oh, but, um, game. Uh, <laughs> but absolutely rattled that one in and perfect. The keepers, you're not saving them. No. No, it's a great goal. He's, he's form recently, as we spoke about, was brilliant. Even the, the Hibs game with the second goal with Burkle. He's over in the right back position, cuts out a ball, plays it in, it goes up the f- field and we score. It's good to see he's everywhere sometimes. He just manages to break up plays, really intelligent. And for a guy, you think he was the first player to get player of the year that didn't score last season? Yeah. So at least yeah, he's right. going to do it again this season. He's got his goal. Do you know who my pick for player of the year was? I'm really good at this sort of thing. Well, it was all right usually, but this, this season. <clears throat> Olivia and Cham so anyways <laughs> moving on <laughs> it's good to see and Cham at least sort of been back involved I know he got injured in the warm up but and didn't make the bench but other, aside from that it's actually a very strong bench when you look at it with Gordon Lustig Ayer Beaton Weir Edward, Edward that, that's serious options on there you couldn't even get on the bench yeah that's right Played for the reserves today. Played for the reserves today and along, alongside Comper Scott Who? Allen and Doris DeVries wow stalwarts <laughs> <laughs> So we're turning all up at half time, Melly, but that wasn't the that wasn't the whole story. We were worried because if we're going to be honest with the listeners, on the travel back up, we only made the second half of this game. Well, we missed we missed the first two goals, didn't we? Yeah, we missed the first half, yep, that's what happened. Um but the second half, we were worried we were saying to each other, Stephen, God, we only made it. you know what's gonna happen, it's gonna finish two 0 But Celtic <laughs> yeah. delivered the goods, three goals in the second half. Yeah, I slummed it, sat up beside you yesterday for the all second right. half and uh, just being a bit higher up, you can it's a different perception of the game, even though it's in the same stand. It's amazing to see the, the difference that Bain and Tolian have made yeah, to the team. especially Bain. Playing out from the back, there was sometimes I said to you again, that I said it on Wednesday night, you take for granted the football we play when we play out from the back. The players know what they're doing. Now they've got somebody behind them that they, they know can do it as well. just makes a difference. It was, I didn't think it was that great the second half compared to the first half hour in the game. But Brendan Rodgers said that after the game. He had a couple of complaints, remarkably about a 5-0 victory. He he complained of the shape going after yeah. the first 25 minutes, after it had been good up until that point. So 
Always negative, Brendan. Oh, Imagine you, that was us saying that. Oh, you're hard. <laughs> but the way even Boyata, Simone Rich, when Aya came on, the way we played it out, Tolian, and we just play it out and then find that midfielder, whether it's Brown or McGregor, and go from there. I thought McGregor was great again yesterday. Was that his 51st or 52nd game of the season? He's Absolutely. the guy that's played the most football in the whole of Europe. Do you know, in this season, Callum McGregor has played one third of Scott Allen's entire career <laughs> since Scott Allen made his debut in 2009 McGregor's played over 50 games 52 Scott Allen has played 150 Scott games Scott Allen's two years older than and he's two Callum years McGregor. older than Callum McGregor Callum McGregor I, I mentioned um, just in passing there Scott Sinclair being a potential player of the year I'd be astonished if, if Sinclair does get 30 goals which he might or might not then he's in there but I'd be astonished if Callum McGregor doesn't win player of the oh, year this season because so far. If, if he's played Virtually every game. He has played in every he's game. He's played every game, right? Okay, so he's played every game so far this season. He's this been a, the absolute <laughs> core of both of Celtic's great runs. Remember the that run of form when, when it was McGregor at the base of the midfield yeah. with, with Christian Rogic. It was the, you know, kind of the fulcrum of that. And he's in here just continuing to make it tick with a different midfield and a different defence behind him. If he plays to this level and act I'm struggling to think of any even poor halves of football he's had this season. There will be some in there somewhere, but if he continues to play at this level, it's an absolute stick on to to win his second Callum Door in, oh. in as many seasons. We had a couple of changes in that game, as as we might have already discussed. Ayer came on for injured Jozo. Don't know. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Maybe just been for game time, but hopefully not. Uh, he's coming on to a game. So. Weir came on for Burke. Do you think Burke's a doubt for the Valencia game? He should be all right. It didn't look anything. Major does it? The it just looked like a knock, really. Just like kind of maybe a precautionary thing. He looked to be having problem with his knee, but I don't think it was a muscular thing. It looked maybe just a a blow. Hopefully not, because that goal where Boyata plays up the line, pretty poor ball for us. The pace to get in behind and beat the guy to the ball and put the ball across for Sinclair was absolutely brilliant. I love watching Ollie Burke run because he's not like small and speedy, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. He's a powerhouse athlete he's an absolute quick athlete. for a big man which which is incredible when people say that because the fastest man who ever lived is six foot five <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he is incredibly fast and he just screamed away from like three St. Yeah. Johnson defenders who and they had a hell of a head start on yeah, him yeah I couldn't live with him and then perfect cut back his second assist for Sinclair in the game Cutbacks and tap-ins, lads. I've been talking about it all season yeah. Cutbacks and tap-ins what I, did, what I liked about that was I saw Burke celebrating yeah when, when he set the goal up celebrated on his right, own for yeah. a bit like it matters to him after Sinclair scored this goal it was an onslaught at this point it could have been as many as Celtic wanted shortly after the goal these these goals are coming in quick succession Forrest and Sinclair I think it was only two or three minutes separating them immediately after that Christie had a header he was just under from pretty close range maybe five or six yards out that he couldn't get above in time so it could have been happy with that one because no. Sinclair was just behind him and I, right. I <laughs> was rolling a hat-trick on <laughs> When did Sinclair last score a hat-trick? Him, do you know? Boxing Day. Boxing Day against? Aberdeen. And how many goals did he score that day? Three. That's what a hat-trick is. Well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're through at the quarter-finals of the Cup. Um, just waiting to see who we get. Probably won't be Rangers because, you know, they'll want to keep them away from us so they make the final and at least have a chance of winning something uh, this season. off Steve Clark yet. No, you're quite right. They've, oh, the Rangers found themselves... Oh, that's right. Thanks for reminding me, Melly. Replay there. Yes. Steve, no, right, yeah. Steve, no joke, Clark managed to get a replay there. Um, Just on Clark and a couple of other things. See, the decline in Hibs this season. I know there's been a lot going on behind the scenes, but it actually gives me 
it gives me a little bit more respect for managers like Steve Clark and even Derek McInnes because it's not easy to maintain the the levels that these managers do in this league. Like Hibs haven't managed it and neither of Hearts, but Aberdeen are still up there kind of playing at virtually the same level they have for five seasons now. To, Rangers to be fair to Neil Lennon, but he did have his, almost his entire team sold underneath him and replaced with not very good players. Well, Aberdeen, Aberdeen lose players every season as well, so do Kilmarnock. But it's just just a wee aside, I I think it's remarkable that certain teams can maintain a a good level in this league and and other teams don't manage it. Um, Just two other things on the Hibs game. Have you noticed how much Leanne Dempster looks like Paul McCartney? (laughs) (laughs) Can he unsee it? She looks like Paul McCartney. And uh, secondly, did you hear the toe-curling BBC interview with Eddie May before the game? Oh my God. I, 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 that's what I done, Melly. I winced so hard. <laughs> so the, the, I don't know who it was. The guy from uh, BBC, and he was like, "Oh, so Eddie, I heard you had to, you know, postpone a procedure to today's game." And Eddie, me brushed it off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, tonight's match is more important. Aye, so, uh, so this this procedure, you were in for a wee operation, eh? And Eddie, me went. I don't really want to talk about it, but you know, I'm looking forward to tonight's game. And I'm squirming. I didn't even hear it. I'm squirming here. Gets worse. Then, then the the BBC reporter goes, "Aye, so tell us about the vasectomy you were going oh, to get." <laughs> Mate, oh, leave the man alone. Tell I, us about that operation on your balls, mate. Don't going to lay that out for us. Forget it? the match. Tell us about your willy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Celtic leave all this pettiness, all this domestic junk behind. We're in the big leagues, the big time. We're hosting Valencia at Parkhead. Not the first time we've played Valencia, Melly. No, this gets my wee testicles tingling. More, More testicles, testicles, yeah. 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 <laughs> like Eddie Mays, we're not. They <laughs> <Right> are. <laughs> This, uh, I spoke about it when I was on the History Boys Abroad, Abroad podcast, this Celtic Valencia 2000, 2001 November, we went out the Champions League after our first campaign, beat Juventus, Porto and Rosenberg but lost the three away games and weirdly enough the first round of the UEFA Cup was then straight after that before Christmas. We got Valencia, the team that had been to the Champions League final, two, yeah, that's right. two finals in previous two or three years. And I think they went on to win the league this year, but I love my Spanish football back then. Just the players they had: Ayala at the back, Pablo Aymer, Vicente, Ruben Baraja, yep, yep, John Carew up front, Anglima, and could rhyme them off. John, I was in the family stand. I look out my ticket actually and see where I was sitting, but I was quite near the front. And the noises when John Carew and Bobo Baldi <laughs> clashed was. Utterly frightening to a. Was there something like a superhero film with yeah. like, like two giant, like the Hulk and the Thing smashing <laughs> each other off cars and all that? I was like, Godzilla, something that was mental. <laughs> but it was a great game, and it, I said it on that podcast, it's the best atmosphere I've ever been at. I hadn't really been at a game where I, I looked about and was just, whoa, what is going on here? It was the noise, even when it got to the penalty shootouts, when it went to extra time. and You'll Never Walk Alone came on and the music finished and the fans just kept singing. It was absolutely brilliant. Disappointing to lose out in the end on penalties, but we had plenty of chances because Larson missed a penalty, Petrov put one well wide and Yossel had had two opportunities and missed both. I remember one headline from the game at the time was uh, Celts run out of juice. (laughs) (laughs) Are you expecting, Stephen, more of the same this this week? I think Valencia... I think they're a great tie. I said this at the time. I don't think you were on the episode immediately after we drew them. I think it's a really good tie because they are a big team, but without, I just don't think it's an insurmountable task. You know, Valencia are, are a good team, but it's weird looking at their form this season because they've actually only lost the same amount of games as Celtic have. They've only lost four in the league all season. 
And, but they're eighth because they, they draw all the time. They've mm. had 13 draws in the league. They've drawn their last three games in all competitions. One of the games was against Barcelona, right enough, but they just they don't seem to... They drew against Barcelona? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. 2-0 up. That's right. But they've never kept a clean sheet in an away game against any Scottish opposition in all competitions. That's eight games. So, as I say, I just don't think it's in, insurmountable. I think Celtic can score against them. I would just worry about well, obviously conceding because no, don't it, worry about that, mate. We're flying in Europe. We're going into this game against a Spanish team. Possibly don't expect to go through sixty thousand lights dancing, as you say. They, I hope it's none of that heavy metal pish that they played <laughs> last time. <laughs> Thunderstruck. That was terrific. I know it's very nice. The I think this is quite similar to the time we played Inter Milan recently, hmm. and what was the final score? Three, three, three. three so I'm expecting right. another goals galore. Well, Celtic have won six of the last eight home games in European competition, qualifiers included. The only defeat in that run was Red Bull Salzburg this season, yeah. Interestingly, you should mention Salzburg, the Swiss Ramble. Are they related to the football Ramble? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Strangely, like they, they do a sort of, they do various studies and statistics based around wages and, and how teams, how much teams spend and all that. And they've done the Europa League last 32 wages. So which teams spend the most on wages per year? At the top of that, you would expect Chelsea on £224 million a year. Arsenal are then £223 million a year. And then that takes a significant drop when you go to Inter Milan on 137 Valencia, £68 million a year compared to Celtic's £59 million a year. Mm. Now, you'd sort of look at that and go, you know, you'd probably expect Valencia to be the better team with more money. Spent £40 million in the summer on Guedes. Did they? Yes. So they got a bit of dough. RB Salzburg... Would it surprise you? I mean, they're a good team, yeah. Yeah, they definitely are, yeah. One of the mm. best we've played in ages. Would it surprise you if I told you our wage bill is 50% higher than theirs? 50%? Their wage bill is £41 million a year to our 59 so it's uh. almost 50% higher. The way you teed that up, I thought I prepared myself for Celtics being about £5 million more, but uh, that is, that's quite it's, stark. When, yeah. you look at, when you look at that sort of statistic, it, you, you do start to think... We really could be doing better in yeah, that area. Absolutely. How many times have Red Bull Salzburg qualified for the Champions League in the last five years? Zero. How many times have they ever qualified for the Champions League? Zero. How many times have Celtic? How many times did Red Bull Salzburg beat us this season? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I rest my. I wish I had a. You know what I need for this podcast, Stephen? If you could a arrange, gavel. Uh, if you could yeah. arrange us for the next one of those wigs yeah. and a gavel, bang! I rest my case. <laughs> fucking bang! Smash your water down like you usually do. I expect a tough game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I expect a tough game. I do expect, I do, well, I don't expect, but I just I want to see. I think Celtic can win. I think we'll yeah. get a Celtic win on this. I think the difficulty is going to be when we travel, when we go over to Valencia, that away form in Europe. I know it's, it's silly to talk about away form of various teams over various managers and various competitions, but I do worry that that will do it. Compared to when this draw was made, we're flying now. Yeah, win at home, draw away. That's what I'm predicting right now. Write that down. Uh, I'm not really expecting that. I see if we go into this game and we're in the game like the Leipzig game. See if we can put that sort of performance in. We can be in the game. We're, it's a home game first, so we're going to go away from home, hopefully having something to hold on to, still being in the tie. This is a bonus for me. Domestically, we're flying. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. We can get a good performance in here, see where we are, go from there. I think it'll be a great game. Stephen, who are you going to rely on to give us that good performance? So you're going to, uh, um, you're sticking with Scott Bain, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Right back. You're not taking a chance on Toyland. You're getting Michael Lustig straight back in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think 
in all seriousness, I think it picks itself. I'd be astonished if it's anything different to the, the St. Johnson lineup. The only thing that wouldn't surprise me is if Ayer came in for Sumerovic, maybe as a as a tool to break Valencia's press in some way. About Tierney? Just on the Ayer thing, I'm not, back. I'm not calling for that. I'm, I'm just saying that's what wouldn't surprise me. Anything else, any other deviation from what happened on Sunday there, I'd be very surprised. So that's Tolian, or sorry, Toyland. Um, Toyland, yeah. <laughs> Boyata, Suminovic, Hayes. Well, where is he? If he is he fit? Nah, I, w- I would play Hayes. Would you? Yeah, I would. <gasps> would you? Yep. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Easy midfield, Brown, Christy, McGregor, and up front would be Forrest, Burke, and Sinclair. Looking to Valencia, Melly. You've done your homework. You're our scout. You've got Y Scout on the laptop. <laughs> That's a lie. Um, He's got why scout. He's got he's got you've got football manager two thousand and nineteen. Lie scout. Lie scout. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh, who who have we to look out for against Valencia? Well Guedes is the main man. He cost forty million from he was on loan last season, coming from Paris Saint Germain. They've also got Rodrigo up front. Yeah. He's a good player. He, They've lost Bitchwai right now. Yes, he's back yeah. to England. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy, another football manager reference, but uh, Jose Gaia, the left back. Hmm. He is a flying machine, used to always buy him in Chapman when I went, uh, Good team. He's he's been there for a while. So I wasn't lying about the football job. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. So he's a good player. They've got international players throughout their team. They've spent a lot of money recently. It's the Peter Lim. I think's the. I think they've got ties to George Mendes, haven't they? Yeah. But they made mistakes and brought in Gary Neville and such likes. But they're a great team. I like Valencia a lot. The stadium's good. I love the strip. The black or the orange that they usually wear. And the badge, so I'm just looking forward to this one, boys. Yeah, I did the stadium tour a few years ago. They were actually painting it black outside. I think they painted must just it must be like the fourth road bridge. They have to just kind of paint it constantly. Yeah. But on their, their danger men, Carlos Soler was directly involved in four of his team's six goals in this season's Champions League group stages. Two goals and two assists, so he was one to watch as well. Yeah, they beat Man United in the group stages. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Peter Lim, quite an interesting fellow, as you see, Millie, owns part of the majority stakeholder in Valencia. Also owns... So. Uh, Salford City. Oh, right, of course, the class of '93 one. They've got them, and interestingly enough, my favourite car maker, McLaren. He owns he owns a stake in McLaren, and such as these things in modern football, he owns the image rights to Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's done all right for himself, I, yeah. whatever, whatever <laughs> that means. Um, so I'm just going to go. I'm just going to break from tradition. I'm going to ask you for predictions, Stephen. At home, two-one Celtic. Melly. Oh, I'm torn between 2-2 two, two and 3 each. I'll go. <laughs> How about you predict Celtic win? Debbie no, Downer? No, another Man City into Milan game. I'll go 3 two, 2 each. 2 each. I'll if go. we're going to go through an away goals, we need to do it in this competition because apparently they're talking about scrapping away goals next year. Mm, yeah, that'd be interesting. Be a bummer. I, I quite enjoy the away goal show. Adds a bit of spice to it. It does. Um, only if it goes for you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. you are right. After Valencia, which is bound to be a tough game, back to the league, and it couldn't really be much tougher okay. for the old Tim Alloys, Robo Clark. Brendan's failed to beat him away from home, hasn't he? Yep. But in fairness, the most recent clash between the two teams was a 5 1 gubbin at Celtic Park. Yeah, it's that pitch, it's a real level. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's I mean, that's the big cliche, but it's absolutely true. Excuse it's, me. <laughs> no one has ever said that before. But it's. Um, that's one of the worst ones, the Kelly one. I think that's there are plastic pitches and there are plastic pitches, and that that's house bricks painted green. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> with some rubber crumbs thrown across it. It's it's not the greatest, but Kilmarnock 
maybe a slight dip recently. They've come back into form after getting a, a decent result against Rangers, despite the fact they get in, they're in penalty penalty mm. paradise at the moment. But Malumbu's back at them. He, I think he was man of the match against he, against he was. the Huns. Uh, yeah, he so. absolutely was. Jink uh, Chris Boydell play for Kilmarnock or will he be away watching Rangers like he was when he was suspended oh, what, what a disgrace that is he's, Chris Boyd is I've, I've said it before on this podcast right what is it about that class of Rangers players they're all just huns yeah, they are. I mean McGregor at the weekend as well Chris Boyd Chris Boyd is the worst guy in Scottish football Yes. to be clear what we're talking about is Chris Boyd's current team Kilmarnock were playing during the week there meanwhile Chris Boyd was in the Sky Sports studio I think it was yep. covering Audrey. Yep, covering the Rangers game. Uh, I'm amazed. I'm a man. I'm amazed. A man of Steve Clark's apparent stature. And let's be honest, he seems like a hard-nosed fellow. He does. Uh, um, he started. He started to come in at his own in Scottish football a bit recently. A, bit, a wee bit spicy. I. I just. Um, I'm just surprised that he puts up with the likes of Chris Boyd. No, absolutely. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he suffers fools gladly. But maybe he's just sort of stuck with Chris Boyd. They're not the most resourced of of clubs. Probably. You're probably Chris Boyd put on the beef again. Have you seen him recently? Yeah. Oh, heavy. Heavy man. <laughs> As, and I suppose real men have curves. Real men it. certainly do have curves. Um, yeah, Dad Boyd. <laughs> Dad, Dad Boyd. Boyd. <laughs> there we go. That would be a good podcast name, but no. Okay, and that is this week's episode of Twenty Minute Tim's. I suppose Stephen, as I see in front of you, we have these delicious, beautiful yeah. prints from um, Social Recluse. So I suppose we better do something with them. Um, a little competition for the listeners, perhaps. Absolutely. The Social Recluse, the shop you can find at 48 King Street in Trongate, drop in on them. They have very kindly sent us some some prints to yeah. give away to listeners. Not um, an advert? No, no, not the an kindness advert. of yep, their heart? Yep, they just did it. Um, some, there's ones of Caesar, Billy McNeil, there's ones of Celtic versus Barcelona, just a bit of this, bit of that. So what we're we'll, going we'll to do put them is, up on the Twitter so people have a good yep, look at them. Yep, we'll tweet out some pictures of them. What we're going to do is we're going to give away three to lucky listeners and this is all you have to do listeners this is all you have to do get a pen ready yeah what you have to do is you have to download this episode which you clearly already have if you're listening to the it's pretty meta yeah (laughs) my my, uh, rich luxurious voice at the moment (laughs) right you have to download this episode you have to screenshot yourself listening to the episode on your phone you have to tweet the picture of that with the message saying, I'm listening to my favourite football podcast, Celtic podcast, whatever you, whatever you, however you want to word it. And then you tag, hoodie tag in it. Us. All right, us. Most crucially, you have to tag us at the end of it, at 20 Minute Tims. And what will happen, we'll just put you in a draw and three lucky winners will be sent off some cracking looking prints. Some free stuff. Uh, yeah. We will also tweet out the instructions. It's, yeah, it's not the yeah. clearest, but we'll, well, it's clear, but... Yeah. We'll tweet the instructions out anyway. How can this possibly go wrong? Because it yeah. always does for us in <laughs> Every time we, we try something in, the, in good faith, and <laughs> we always make an absolute right run on it. Trust me, this will go well. Um, and yeah, just to wrap up, we have done the, the Patreon, as Stephen said. We've done the New Year's, and that was really good. What we've done there was we have... Um, it's a, it's a sort of retrospective talking through all of Martin O'Neill's time at Celtic and we began with the, the demise of the Dream yep, Team. the Dream Team, that's right. Where it all went wrong and then so right afterwards. Right. And we've got lots of exclusive content in there, interviews we've carried out with yep. players who were there at the time. There's a great bit from Mark Burchill, Mark Burchill yeah. who was actually in the dressing room at the time yes. when they had the big fallout um, at Inverness Cali. So, so make sure you head over and listen to that. Um, people who joined the treble tier, which is the new $5 tier on the Patreon, the uptake on that has been twice three times as much yep. as we thought it would be well beyond what we'd predicted so, well beyond what yeah. we'd, so we're in the process of getting mugs made and they will be sent out and they will be with you as soon as humanly possible but we're talking weeks here not months the yep. mugs will be sent out and and not days and not days <laughs> yeah they will be sent out to everyone who was so kind to join that tier for us 
And finally, we're just to end on, uh, I suppose, once again, congratulations to Chris Bungard. Absolutely. And yeah, just to reiterate, what a, what a great night it was. It was a real buzz for us to see. You know, a right we, good Tim do well. Yeah, a right good Tim do well. And obviously we said we sponsored them and that meaning he carried our logo into the cage with him on his The last t-shirt. thing that guy saw in his yeah. life was the 20 minute Tim's logo. Yeah, choking <laughs> him out. And uh, but, but to see it up on the big screen, it was on telly, it was on Channel 5, to see our, you know, our daft wee podcast being on the telly, um, there, there was people sending us pictures of it, having spotted it on the telly. It was just some buzz for us. And uh, again, just to see the guy win like that was, was some night, some experience. Terrific. And generally, getting a wee bit a wee bit cheesy here, but thanks to everyone who's who's contributed to, to us getting to that that stage with our podcast. Anyone who's interacted us, with us, listened to us, retweeted us over the years, we've we've come a long way, baby. We have. And, <laughs> and if you haven't listened to our first podcast, don't. <laughs> and on that, we will end. Thanks very much to everyone who listens. Thanks to our patrons who help support the podcast. Thanks to everyone who reviews. Thanks for listening. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.